you're bringing down the house, and, and Art Linkletter is looking at you like he might owe you some money. Yeah, I just was insisting on answering every question that he asked all the other kids. And he was just trying to get away from me. <laughs> I was aware of that. Even as a four-year-old, I was, I was completely aware of that. Hey, I'm Randy Miller, and this is Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is a weekly tribute to our nation's heroes. Each week, I'll interview an A-list celebrity who supports our country's military and our veterans. Lorraine Newman is an American actress, comedian, and writer who was part of the original cast of NBC's Saturday Night Live. She grew up in a military family, and of course, the reason you've downloaded this podcast is she played the main villain in the 1991 film Problem Child 2. She has a new audiobook memoir out on Audible entitled May You Live in Interesting Times. We're happy to have Lorraine Newman on Celebrity Salute from the National Defense. This is such a treat for me because I'm such a fan, first of all, of Saturday Night Live and to have one of the original cast members started it all on the program. Lorraine Newman is here. Lorraine, how are you? I'm good, Randy. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, it it is nice to be. It is nice to be. You were a conehead. I was. Yep. <laughs> I was. You know, I can't decide. Well, to be a part of uh, several things that were groundbreaking and there at the beginning, uh, I know you were an original founder uh, in uh, Los Angeles of the Ground Leagues were uh, an improv, great improv group. You know, yeah, and it's actually become the farm team for SNL. I could then, I mean, my God, Will Ferrell, Sherry and Terry, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, Chris Parnell, John Lovitz. And many, many more. They all come from the groundlings. And now you're doing a lot of uh, voiceover acting. You're Finding yes. Nemo, Monsters, Inc., Despicable Me, and I mean, you Shrek, Minions. And now this, uh, this new book, this uh, memoir that you've put together so beautifully from Audible.com. It's uh, audio only. It's called May You Live in Interesting Times. And I... Uh, I just started this yesterday, and I cannot get enough. I mean, what an incredibly... Oh, thank you. Oh, what an incredibly interesting life. And I'm only up up to your junior high years. It's just so fascinating, and the writing is unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you so much, Randy. That's so nice of you to say. No, it, it is so true. And I got to tell you, uh, I didn't... <laughs> I mean, you know... I look at my life now and think, what happened to me? I mean, you're, you're only through your junior high years, and here you are talking about uh, one, one of the best lines so far I've heard is when you were on with Art Linkletter when you were four and a half, right? And, and you're you're talking the beginning you're, of my brilliant career. Yes, yes, and, and you and the great part is uh, you talk about it uh, in your four and a half year old voice, which is fantastic. And and I guess you brought down the house and you said Art Linkletter, uh, and the uh, the show was uh, Kids Say the Darndest Things, which was a great hit show. And uh, you're bringing down the house, and and Art Linkletter is looking at you like he might owe you some money. Yeah, I just was insisting on answering every question that he asked all the other kids. And he was just trying to get away from me. <laughs> I was aware of that. Even as a four-year-old, I was, I was completely aware of that. And, and, you, and he asked you what your dad did, and you said he was a sailor. Yes, I, I love the Popeye cartoon show. 
and um, especially the host, Tom Hatton. And so I like the idea that he would be a sailor. So I said, oh, he's a sailor. He drives a ship. And Art Linkletter is saying, are you sure? Are you sure he's not the principal of your school? Which I don't know where that came from. Yeah. So, yes, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Is her father in the audience? Yes. Are you a sailor? No. You know, <laughs> big laugh. Um, my lie was exposed. Oh, that was so good. We're talking to Lorraine Newman here on the uh, National Defense. And I also know that your dad was in uh, World War II, right? Yes, he was in Air Force Intelligence. And uh, a big part of our audience yeah. is made up of uh, active duty military veterans and their families. So that was that was great to hear. I know. Your, your dad seemed like, uh, man, talk about a jack of all trades. I mean, he, he did uh, ca- <laughs> cattle. He was, a, a, a as you call mm-hmm. him, a, a Jewish cowboy. And uh, then eventually, yes. and, and actually uh, planned on being an attorney, right? Yes, he passed the bar in Arizona, but then the war broke out, and um, his father started a quilting business in Los Angeles. And my dad didn't want to take the California bar, but he did want to go into a business that was already doing well, so that's what he did. But actually, after he retired, he was able to do arbitration because he was qualified as a lawyer, and he had business experience. Well, the clothing business must have been pretty good if you grew up in Beverly Hills. Yeah, it was actually, he, he made quilts, of, of bolts of quilted material that could be used, you know, for bedspreads and sleeping bags and bathrobes and things like that. But, yeah, we moved from Westwood, which is a college town and, you know, modest, uh, to Beverly Hills when my brother and I were 11. And as I say in the book, it was like going from Mayberry to hell. Right, right, yeah. You had this kind of idyllic <clears throat> life, and all of a sudden you're in, in uh, Beverly Hills where, where drugs are rampant, and you're, you're dating uh, Soupy Sales' son, Tony. I mean, everything oh, that you oh, talk no, about... It, it was my best friend. Oh, my gosh. I mean, everything you talk about in this my book... My best friend, but we weren't dating. Oh, you weren't dating. You, you weren't dating. No, no. Okay. Since junior high. I, I didn't have a boyfriend until I was, like, 20. <laughs> I was... I described myself in the book, you know, I I was really, really skinny. I had a brace, a back brace that I wore. I had braces on my teeth, cystic acne, and a big nose. <laughs> and um, I say, you know, is that a recipe for comedy or what? But no, I, I didn't have a boyfriend until I was like 20, and all that stuff came off, and my skin cleared, and, and I was relatively cute. Well, yeah, and then and then what? Uh, you had a boyfriend at twenty, and at twenty two, you joined S- SNL, um, and twenty three. Yes, that's that's incredible, and and I that came about from what? Now you were on uh, a Lily Tomlin show that uh, uh, Lorne Michaels uh, produced. Yes, he saw me in the Groundlings, and so I did Lily's show, and then he saw me in the Groundlings again, and hired me for SNL. That's incredible. We're talking to Lorraine Newman here. Uh, her new book, "May You Live in Interesting Times," at Audible dot com. And t- let's talk about the, that early beginning at SNL. Uh, was it everything that that you thought it would be? Well, there was no way to anticipate what it would be. There was no model for the experience that we had. We all knew how to do sketch work. That's all what we came. That's everything we had trained to do but 
you know, the, the show was a variety show. It had music and um, it had like a new talent spot, which kind of fell by the wayside. But, you know, um, it was the production value was something that we had never encountered before. We had, it was a heroic thing in terms of the um, crew because they would have to either pull costumes or make them and build sets in the amount of time it would take any other production weeks to do, and we had to do it in four days. Wow. So, you know, having access to all that kind of stuff was certainly new for all of us. Well, you talk about uh, a team of, of players, though, on uh, the original SNL. I mean, John Belushi, Gilda Radner, uh, yourself, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, you guys set the stage for what was to come, and you were there for five years. How was the overall experience for you? Well, it was uh, it was great, and it was really difficult. Uh, but, you know, in retrospect and knowing later on what everybody went through, we all had our own version of, of angst and, and unhappiness. You know, um, it was... I had a particularly difficult time because I was very inexperienced and very young and not as confident as everybody else. And you really do need to have confidence to be successful on that show. So it took me a while, and I also had to, oh, my God. Even though Lorne knew what I did, nobody else did. So Lorne wanted me to put a little show together for the writers, which was perfectly reasonable. But... <laughs> All my material was stolen when I drove to New York. My car was stolen. All my written material was in there. Oh, so no. Together, these, these character monologues that I hadn't done in, in, a, in a whole, over a whole summer. You know, monologues that had been crafted and honed. Oh. And so, you know, I really didn't feel I was representing myself accurately. And man, it was terrible. Plus the fact that I had terrible stage fright. So I was like out of body watching what I was doing. And, you know, it was not my best foot forward, Randy. <laughs> I, I, I cannot wait to hear you talk about this in the book. The way that you uh, craft uh, these stories is just amazing, and I'm I'm so enjoying this. Uh, may you live in interesting times. Lorraine Newman at audible.com. Th- thank you so much for the time today, Lorraine, and and great work on this. I know I know uh, from and you you talk about it in the book uh, how many times you you attempted this, and uh, boy, you you sure did get it right. Nate Bargatze is a native of Old Hickory, Tennessee. For Randy, that's really reason enough to have him on Celebrity Salute, but he's also an incredibly funny guy. Nate has made appearances on The Tonight Show, Comedy Central, has an hour-long Netflix special entitled The Tennessee Kid, and has also performed multiple times for coalition forces in Iraq and Kuwait. We're happy to welcome funny man Nate Bargatze to the Celebrity Salute. And Nate Bargatze is our guest. Uh, If you haven't heard of Nate Bargatze, uh, shame on you. He is probably the funniest comedian in the world right now. He is my favorite comedian. Nate, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I, was, I, was, I like that intro. I want to. Well, let me tell you. you well, here's uh, the, you're you're from Tennessee. Uh, I, uh, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And the the way I found right. out about you was that my sister Jamie called me uh, in uh, like hysterics one night and said, uh, "Randy, you have to check this guy out. He's from Tennessee." And I don't know if it's like this in different parts of the country, but in the South, 
if you do well, you're immediately liked by everyone in the South. Is that not true? Oh, it's very true. That's yeah. The South is uh, the South is loyal. That's why I love the South. Is there uh, loyal? We're a, a loyal group. Yeah, <laughs> I mean whether it's sports, comedy, whatever. But your first uh, Netflix special, The Tennessee Kid, which was just fantastic, uh, you know, led to this other. The second Netflix special, the the greatest average American, uh, which is uh, uh, debuting this week. And uh, I loved. I just watched your set from the Tonight Show, and uh, the the first comedian that I know of or that I've seen that did uh, jokes about COVID. And it, you know, it actually just kind of made me feel uh, a little closer to normal. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what stand up is. You know, stand up is uh, comedy. That you know, because we can talk to you and talk about uh, exactly what's happening and. Uh, and so that your yeah, stand-up comedy is just that, and like making jokes about it, and that's and that's what you that's what you need, you know. Yeah. When people go through tough times, it's all about making jokes and making people laugh and uh, and just having fun, and that's what uh, stand-up, you know, that's what that's what you hope stand-up comedy to be. Well, but it's got to be the right time, right? I mean, you've got to. Did you think about that at all? Did you do you think, well, okay, is it is this too soon? Is it uh, whatever? Uh, is this going to hit people uh, in a in a wrong way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to go, you know, too soon. And uh, so you do, you, you know, you, when you first try it, you just go do it. But I mean, I've always tried to like, when I tell these jokes, it's like, it's not, you know, nothing's like too ruthless or you're trying to, it's, it's really just trying to be funny with it. And, uh, and then you, you know, and you can just, you can fill it out, you know, like you can just tell, like, if you ever try to be funny in a situation, you can tell, like, I shouldn't have been, (laughs) I've definitely made a joke too soon, you know? It definitely happened, right. but uh, you can usually try to just fill it out and be like, ah, I don't need to probably say that joke right now, you know? You're so relatable, though, man. I, You know, you're talking about uh, people coughing and 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 you also talking about how, uh, uh, you know, everybody thinks they've had COVID, right? Oh, yeah, everybody. I mean, I, you know, I haven't had it, but uh, which now it feels like you might talk to you like everybody's, always, everybody's already had it. And then, you know, when it happened, I mean, everybody said, they were like, oh, I've had it. Yeah. Uh, I've had, and they, and they, I was like, did you get tested? They're like, no, no, I know. And you're like, all right. I don't right. think that's, I don't think you can just say, I know I had it. But, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, that was everybody for doing it. <laughs> right. And, and I mean, you're just spot on with, with all this stuff. And, and so uh, relatable, especially to me, you know, being from the South, uh, my dad, uh, my whole family still lives in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. My dad's 82. And there's just something, something about, I don't know, with, you know, Southern people, Southern men. I talked to my dad the other, the other day and he having trouble sleeping. And I said, Dad, why don't you try a, a Tylenol PM? And so I talked to him the next day. I said, you try the Tylenol PM, Dad? And he goes, ha, ha, yeah, I won't do that again. And I said, why? I said, why not? He said, I lost the whole night. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what are your duties during the night? I don't, uh, but uh, it's, just, it's just, and your dad is a, a magician. Yes. That's pretty cool. I just yeah. saw him on your uh, podcast and, uh, He's funny. I mean, I, I guess it was just meant for you to be a comedian, right? You know, I think so. I mean, it was uh, when I grew up. It's, it's 
you know, he was always doing that. He was always being a magician, and he, he was very funny and would do a lot of very funny stuff. They would do, like, plays, like, at our church and stuff like that. And uh, I would do sometimes, I would do them with him. But it was, yeah, I think it was just meant to be. I mean, it was, you know, uh, I don't think I thought about it when I was a kid. It wasn't like I thought. I, I knew I liked comedy, and I liked jokes. And, uh, but I, it, was, it was never this kind of thing that I was like, well, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. I didn't know as I got older and went to high school and being funnier. And then it was like, yeah, it just, it led that way. And the college, I would try to go to college. I didn't really work out. And so it was, it was like, it just, you know, yeah, it was like, this is, all right, we're doing this. And they were very excited. My parents were very happy. Oh, bad. That was, I was, they were, yeah, they were, uh, very, very supportive of when I said I wanted to do this. They, they, they loved it. Yeah. My, I've been in radio my entire life and, uh, my dad still thinks I work at Radio Shack. He has no idea uh, you know, what I do. <laughs> We're talking to uh, Nate Bargatze here on the National Defense. So what is, what is your first memory of a comedian that you really loved? Uh, you know, Sin, Sinbad. Like oh, his, really? I remember seeing, yeah, I remember watching his afros and bell bottoms. Like, I, I, they let my parents let us watch it because, you know, he was clean. So we could watch it. And, uh, I remember laughing very hard, and I don't know if I got every joke, right. but because I was like kind of young. But I, I do remember he talked about going to McDonald's and ordering, and I remember just how funny that was. I remember watching my parents; that was a big thing, how hard they were laughing. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Sinbad was, I think, the first comedy special that I that I saw <laughs> uh, with them, where I just loved it. And then we were big Seinfeld as sure. As, Basically, all of America is, but we were giant Seinfeld fans, and uh, so watching him as well, you know. It's so funny you talk about Sinbad. Uh, one of my first radio gigs ever was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, it, and there was a comedy club there. Uh, I mean, the, the most horrible name for a comedy club, the Comedy Inn, the Comedy Inn, and uh, Sinbad was performing there, and he also performed at our station Christmas party, and my wife, who, I mean... She doesn't like to go out of a room, much less out of the house. I mean, she no spotlight, nothing. Sinbad brings her up on stage uh, at the uh, the Christmas party, <laughs> and I still, wow. all these years later, I just you know I, I still hear about that. But uh, you know, <laughs> you, you you talk about your wife a lot in your act, and she's got to she's got to be a lot like my wife, uh, a saint. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I, that, you know, you get, you get your, your family that, I mean, you know, I have a, a wonderful family now. Uh, Did you have a horrible family say, before? Horrible family before. <laughs> <laughs> I got rid of them and then finally right. got a new one. Right. Uh, it was, uh, no, I mean, I've only had this family. I went from, <laughs> you know, I, I always had a joke about that where I went from my mom to my wife. So I've never had an hour without some lady being like, I don't know if I would do that. Uh, And they, so like they're, my my wife, just like your wife, like was just not, not about spotlight, not about uh, really, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, but she's very good about, you know, making jokes. And like when I make all the jokes about her, you know, I, I tell her I would never do anything. I do the same thing with my daughter. Like I, you know, I'm like, I'll never do anything that you would never want me to talk about, right. obviously. Right. Uh, and so, but they're very, you know, they, she, she goes with the flow and, 
thinks it's funny and sits out. And, you know, when she goes and sits in the crowd, then people realize it's her. You know, everybody's like, is that really true? Is that happening? She's right. like, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> they, so it's, she does, uh, she does very, uh, you know, she does very good and, uh, with it. And I, I am, I'm very fortunate for that. Oh man, I, I just love your stuff. And, uh, I can't wait for this next uh, Netflix special, the greatest average American. And I know it's going to be uh sensational. Was, was it a, it must've been a, a great uh, release for you to do this, huh? It was, yes. I was hoping to tape a special this year, no matter what. And, uh, then COVID happened. And so it, it definitely wasn't the, the lead up to it, to a special that I normally have, but I was, I was, you know, it was, it was very lucky to get to do it and, uh, still get to put one out. And I'm, uh, yeah, very, very excited. I'm, I'm nervous about it, but excited. You're nervous. You're always nervous when sure. one comes out. Uh, but, uh, I, I was very excited to get to do it and, and, you know, Hope I just give people a break from yes. the chaos where you live in. And and do you always celebrate a, a great success with just a, a, a big sack full of crystals? Yes. Yeah. Okay. If you like what you've heard, hey, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, pull a stranger in, uh, whisper in an ear, just share and subscribe and give us that five star rating so we can keep going. We really appreciate it and thank you so much. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by Revolver Studios with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron.